This is a new one on us. We're speaking to mother-daughter founders. I mean, you know, it's a business podcast and women's health, but mother-daughter relationships sort of breaks through all across all categories. So I'm really excited to hear how they navigate this because being an entrepreneur, as we know, is hard. Sometimes being a daughter to a mother and vice versa is complicated. So I'll be fascinated to hear how Debbie and Marquia have figured this out as they build Thermobrand. Absolutely. Well, look, they both come to this project with such an incredible background. It almost seems like you have to be a lawyer to do anything these days. So we that uh, box checked. We have somebody who graduated from a top business school. So they really have put together their talents, mother-daughter aside. And we're curious how they did this to put together and create this Thermoband business. So we've spoken to partners, we've spoken to technical advisors, medical co-founders, and all different kinds of combinations. It almost sounds from speaking to them like their partnership, this mother-daughter bond and understanding of the personal professional has really been one of their superpowers and has enabled them to raise money from institutional investors and the likes of Google, as well as angels and other friends and family. Yeah, but you know, Rachel, this goes back to the story we hear all the time. This is a personal mission for somebody who's suffering with a symptom of hot flashes. And it's a personal mission for her daughter who has to watch this and is probably imagining she'll have to go through that. It also is just so fascinating to me that we have so many different options to treat this iconic symptom of menopause, and yet we are still looking to find a better mousetrap. So let's talk to Debbie and Marquia and see what they've got to offer. Welcome to the Business of the V. Hello, friends and colleagues. I'm Dr. Alyssa Dweck. And I'm Rachel Braunschirl. Each week, we bring you the most fascinating investors, inventors, entrepreneurs, academics, and healthcare practitioners who are making things happen in women's sexual and reproductive health. If you are a woman, know a woman, have a business, or care about your V health and wellness, fasten your seatbelts and listen in to another informative and inspiring episode. We are so excited. We have had partners on before. We've had co-founders, but we've never had mother and daughter co-founders. So it is our pleasure tonight to welcome Marquia Dickinson and her mother, Debbie Dickinson, The company Thermoband was founded by the mother-daughter team of Debbie Dickinson and her daughter, Marquia Dickinson-Frazier. The company is Thermoband, which makes Thermoband's own a smart personal thermometer that uses temperature-regulating technology to make women experiencing menopause more comfortable. So that's a mouthful, but we are so excited to hear your story and how a mother and daughter, one who I'm assuming is not in menopause, have decided to create this and you've garnered so much interest and attention. So how'd you get here? Oh my goodness. This is my favorite topic, right? (laughs) Women's health and mother-daughter and yeah, we're super excited. So how do we get here? I say it started with a hot flash and then Marquia reminds me that it started with that because then it was like that moment that says, oh my goodness, what is happening with my body? Why was I not prepared? I feel like a 10-year-old schoolgirl trying to, am I going to die? Is this, you know, what? Am I up, down? Am I going to just be a shriveled raisin on the floor? Because I'm literally come busting. 
that first hot flash was a significant experience because I literally, it was traumatic. And out of that was, whoa. So through conversations actually with a family member who says very calmly, yes, that was actually a hot flash and it's going to last about 10 years. And then she wanted to know what we're going to have for dinner. And yeah. I'm saying, whoa, wait a minute. This was, Marquia reminds me, that was really the moment because she was right. And especially for women of color. On one end, it's what's going on with my body? Why was I not prepared? I'm not alone. Let's get, and then recognizing that there was so much stigma and it was not shame, isolation, all the types of things. So we had to normalize. We had to create community. We had to have open, honest conversations multi-generational. That's a big piece. Mm -hmm. I have two daughters in their 20s, and I did not want them to have that moment that I did at 51 saying, what in God's name is going on? So it was those two moments that said, okay, we got to do something. And through my own exploration, recognizing that a cool sensation when I had a hot flash really helped. And that came from advice from other women who explained what they were doing. You put your hand on the cold running water, you stick your head in the freezer, you put your hand on a granite countertop, you have cooling gels and cooling pads and all these great things that are great when you're home. But by golly, when you leave the house, I had a hot flash in a car, all these great gadgets that I had at home, it just was not available. And I said, oh my goodness, what I need right now is just something. And I'd already discovered that the wrist was very effective. The neck was good, but it was just very obvious and was not very discreet. If I had something on my wrist that could give me that same cool sensation that's portable, right, discreet. So it was really born out of that revelation. And then I called my daughter, who's at that point, a second year student getting her MBA at Yale. And I said, all right, you got to help your mom. What do we got to <laughs> do something here? So I'm just so curious, how did you arrive at this? I mean, I know what the aha moment was, but what were you doing? I know you were in school. What were you doing beforehand that you had the real wherewithal and the capacity to do this? For me, and then I'll hand over to Marquia because it's one Please. of those things that everything comes together and peers so well, right? So I'm a benefits attorney. I've been a benefits professional at a pharmaceutical company in the business space as an entrepreneur. I was very interested, even after practicing law, with accessories for women and jewelry and that sort of thing. So all those and strategy. And again, as an entrepreneur, sort of skills, sales and such, that then really has been very transferable to what I'm doing now. So I'll let Markia speak to her skill set. Absolutely. Yeah. So my background's in supply chain. And I have always been passionate about making sure that we get the right things to the right people at the right time. Never would have thought that it would have been my mother that I was creating a solution around, but I've always been passionate about entrepreneurship and really trying to find the white spaces that people aren't talking about, trying to find areas that folks aren't really focusing on, and then creating a solution that can help. Never thought it would have been hardware, never thought that it would be with my mom, but I mean, all these things kind of kind of happened. It was kind of nirvana because I was getting my MBA, as she mentioned, at Yale, and it was just awesome because I was able to incubate the business with her at Yale and leverage engineers, leverage menopausal experts, scientists, gynecologists, and then also socialize the idea throughout with peers. And what I realized is that hot flashes are far more pervasive than the natural menopause. And what I realized is I had friends that I had one friend in particular, classmate of mine, 
that actually was going through chemotherapy for breast cancer. And she was experiencing medically induced menopause and she was experiencing hot flashes. I have another friend that just has really bad anxiety and just would like to have a cooling relief solution. So, I mean, the more that I socialized it around people that were on campus, the more I realized how much potential this solution had to really be just a superpower for people that were frequently uncomfortably cool or warm. Anemic. So she had her own experiences, just often cold. I'm quite partial to Yale. One of my kids was born in Yale New Haven Hospital and went there for school. And my business partner, (laughs) previous business partner of 20 years, was went to Yale as well. So you have that Yale blue chip brand behind you. And you also were selected as a recipient of the Google for Startup Black Founders Fund. So out of the gate, you guys really attracted important institutions behind you. How did that happen? I know you went to Yale, but that doesn't mean that they support everyone who goes there in a business venture. And Google obviously is like the holy grail. So how did you make those relationships turn into real backers and supporters of your business? I kind of forgot to mention I had Wharton and Harvard. We've been fortunate. So so Harvard Law School and Wharton as well. So But what I found initially, although that has changed, this was 2019 with this idea, and it was very difficult initially to really connect as an alum with the entrepreneurial ecosystem at those, at most schools. When you're a student, it's a little easier. So Marquia, as a student, interested in entrepreneurship with ecosystem and environment that is that really flourishes and encourages ideas and innovation. It was a perfect marriage. So Yale really embraced what we were doing. We, she was there, lots of options. So she was really the boots on the ground and really tapping into those resources. As I hear, actually based in Florida, it was really developing community, both in terms of you know, various networks. That Yale opportunity, we were connected with product developers and engineers and stuff. So Mark, you, you can talk a little bit more about how we kind of build our teams. Yeah, I'd love to hear actually how the device works. I mean, I know it's cooling, it's heating. I know it's super high tech and obviously had great engineers on board. How does it work? Does it actually change skin temperature, body temperature, or is it more of a sensation? Really, it's interesting. In in terms of the effectiveness, if you think about your hot and you hang on to a cold glass of water or just an icy glass or whatever. So it's really a mind-body connection from the standpoint of the receptors. And there are many receptors all over the body, as you know. So just introducing a cool sensation really stimulates the hypothalamus. And it's one of those situations where through the skin temperature and the ability to regulate that, that perception of comfort is related to both temperature and touch. So there are different things we can do, but using the temperature, whether it's a cool or a warm sensation, stimulates that thermoregulatory center and the perception of comfort. Even the body temperature may not change, skin temperature may, and it can be different for each person. But and especially understanding that a hot flash is the, it's like a false response or a trigger that the mind is really just cooling us down, right? So the thermoregulatory center is the, it's the fluctuation. You can speak more to this with the fluctuation in hormones, so it kicks into this response to cool us down, then you enter this cooling sensation. And what we're hearing and what I felt initially and what many are experiencing is it's a different kind of a hot flash. It really just kind of dissipates. So that helps. So much about menopause. I know Alyssa is clearly an expert in that space. 
as are you. You have these crazy pedigrees, the two of you, Harvard, Wharton, Yale. You have the mother-daughter dynamic, which could be spectacular and complicated. I'm sure you get asked that all the time. And your Black female founders, which based on all the statistics, makes this even harder. So what do you attribute to how far you've gotten? Obviously, besides smarts and intellect and focus, which obviously goes without saying, but you've jumped over lots of hurdles. And I'm wondering how your relationship has helped that, how maybe it's created some challenges. I just find it fascinating. I mean, we could do a whole weekend on mother-daughter dynamics before you even get into business. So tell us a little bit about that because you started with some interesting challenges. Right. I love what Marquia goes first because then I'm like, all right, I'm not crazy here. Okay. All right. All right. I'm not making this up. So you go first. Marquia, the challenges of a mother-daughter (laughs) <laughs> and I, by the way, did ask you this when I met you in person in San Diego. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been a really difficult and taxing journey. I think it's been really helpful to have each other. My mom is someone that I would go to regardless if I was doing this with her or if I was just doing it by myself or with another founder. So it's helpful to have her kind of in the throes of it all. And it's helpful to have that trust and that love and just the shared passion for being a resource for women that just have been underserved for so long. I think sharing that passion with her and sharing that purpose has really helped us like overcome the challenges that we've had. We've had lots of naysayers. You pitch to 100 plus investors. You get told several no's. But I think it's helped to reframe our mindset in terms of viewing a no as like a redirection. And I think a mindset shift has helped quite a bit with our journey. And when you say that a no is a redirection, that seems having also gone to business school, that seems like from the first day, you take that as consumer research, you put it into your head and you use it to pitch better or know better or have a new idea the next time. So where are you with the product in terms of commercialization? We are developing and now at the design to manufacturing phase. So manufacturing domestically, initially we thought we'd offshore, but economy and pandemic and everything else, it thought it best to do that here. So manufacturing, it's fabulous to have early adopters. We launched pre-sales and we've been testing all along. So great insight. So we've been able to incorporate that from a design standpoint as well, and are looking to get it in the hands of our early adopters later this year like mid-year. Is this something that you anticipate users would use along with other solutions, let's just say hormone therapy or other medications, or is it more of a standalone device or is it kind of a little of everything? Yeah, it's a fantastic thing. We're talking half the population. We're talking every woman, right? And it's for a long time. We started in 2019. It's all about five years. And then it was a person saying 10 and I was like, ah, No, we know it it is 10, 20 plus, right? Because post-menopause is the rest of our lives. So what's fantastic is recognize that women are not homogeneous, right? So it's nice to have something like this that can be used independently or can pair with anything. Literally introducing temperature and insights. This looks very complex and I would imagine has been expensive to develop. Are you planning to have this covered by insurance? Is that something that's on the horizon? I know people always ask about that in my practice. In your practice. Yes, that is something that's on the horizon and understanding what that path looks like initially direct to consumer and just looking for ways to make it affordable. 
And what will it retail for when it is launched? Discount right now for early adopters because they're fabulous and have been a part of this journey. But look, between a $299 and maybe $355, we have a sweet spot in there. So just... And where do you anticipate it selling? I imagine you'll launch direct-to-consumer. Do you have plans for retail? Or I imagine you have lots of opportunities to partner with other like-minded brands serving the same population. Yes. Yes to all the above. So initially, (laughs) e-commerce on the website, have partnership and affiliates and early adopters and such, and looking at prestige retail opportunities as well. So really evaluating that and seeing what is a good strategic path in terms of timing. Can't do everything day one, but it's nice to have opportunities and then see what makes sense as we expand. Here's today's hot flash. Per Crunchbase, overall, companies led by Black females received less than 1% of investment dollars. So Alyssa, we've talked about this before. You don't deliver babies anymore, but you do see a lot of women who are perimenopausal, menopausal, and you talk about their primary complaints. So How many times a day would you say someone comes in and talks about hot flashes and what are some of the options that you can offer them now? The question is how many times ever does somebody not come in complaining (laughs) of hot flashes because it's incredibly common. And the current stat that's always out there is 80% of women in menopause are suffering with hot flashes and a very high percentage of them are not asking for help. So I think we are having this conversation because it's now becoming cool and acceptable and necessary to speak about it. So this, of course, we're having this conversation the day after the Super Bowl. And I'm sure that we all noticed that there was a flash uh, commercial yes. that uh, yes. was a little bit cryptic, I think, for people who aren't in the space, but asking about vasomotor symptoms and what yes. does that mean? And it really kind of shocked me that the people being interviewed on the street during the Super Bowl did not necessarily know the meaning of that. So kudos Absolutely. to you for having a really novel device. I think, look, hormones are the gold standard. We do use hormone treatment for people who are suffering. It works, but it's really not for everybody. There are other pharmacologic options like antidepressants and other medications that have been helpful. They all come with baggage, potential side effects. There's herbal supplements, some of which work quite well and have been well studied. We have lifestyle management, which happens to be probably the most important regimen that we all should be practicing, whether it's diet, exercise, stress reduction to help with these symptoms, whether we're using a wonderful device or a medication, those things come in super handy. And education, of course. Mm -hmm. And education. And that's the, we're hardware and software. So immediate relief where people who are having, whether it's a discomfort, it's impacting lifestyle, it's impacting work. They're uncomfortable with personal relationships and intimacy, work, it goes on and on, right? So immediate relief, just using temperature, which as we mentioned, can supplement anything, right? We have folks who have used hormones for X period of time or are, right? And this peers well, or maybe they did something for a certain time and then they're doing something different. But with through the connected app, are those insights and the lifestyle modification? Just in what's happening, what am I doing? Is this a stressful day or what did I experience relative to these thermal events? Can you tell us a little more about the app and what it collects? I mean, I'm so accustomed now to my patients bringing in apps, whether it was for fetal kick counts during obstetrical care or menstrual habits or you name it, there's an app for that, as they say. What does your app really track? I'm glad you said that because that technology, it was really understanding the appetite for information and data. So for folks saying, I need relief and would love to have it in a tech and discreet way and very effective. 
I'd want to know what's happening with my body. So the events, when did I have a hot flash or a cold flash or when did, what can you tell me? And so it's quantitative and qualitative. So we can qualify that, yes, this was a hot flash and whether it's intensity or duration, frequency, and then other information relative to stressors, as you mentioned, and dietary and alcohol and all those types of things. So what are the triggers? You know, just understand what that correlation is like. And then biometrics. And with that, it's really partnering and talking with physicians. So what's helpful for the user, right? So in terms of heart rates and blood pressure trends and things of that nature. Nature, right? Because we know there, there's a correlation with those symptoms, the BMS symptoms and health outcomes. So it's really an iterative process relative to what information is helpful as we manage our own care and what information is helpful for clinicians who tell us we know what's when the, when the patient comes in and says, all right, I'm, ex, I'm experiencing blah, 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 blah. They know what's happening at that moment and whatever she may have said about prior experiences or whatnot. But it's nice to have that continuum, to have something that can show what happens tomorrow and the next day and the next day with certain intervention. We really want to be with the symptom management and just really elevating that standard of care and insights. I have so many questions. So I have a couple that are not necessarily sequential, but so how do you decide who does both have business backgrounds? What are each of you in charge of and how have you identified what your power alleys are as business partners? Yeah. So a lot of it comes down to our background and just areas of expertise. So it's nice that I have more of the execution lens from a supply chain standpoint. So I handle the logistics, the operations, the more granular tasks. Debbie is more on the fundraising side, the strategy side, kind of visionary ideation in terms of where we want the brand to go, the product to go, product development, those types of things. So yeah, we and, and the customer. <laughs> and the and user. The customer. Yes. And the user, of course. So going back to the user, you're collecting all this data. And obviously, this is a big issue right now with data privacy when we're talking about tracking apps. What can the data be used for ultimately? An individual woman and her physician or being able to recognize patterns. Is there a clinical use case for the data that's being collected? That is an element that we're super excited about. So in addition to being a benefits attorney, I'm a privacy attorney. So wow. keeping Perfect. information private is paramount, right? So we're so, but we recognize that when we're surely not aware of that any device or tracking that really correlates the VMS symptoms with biometrics and such. So we're really hoping to make an impact relative to research in this area. So there is information that is super helpful because ultimately it's this is for our direct customer, right? So there is a pain point, here's immediate relief, here's insights and out of a personal request that says, okay, I want to know what's happening with my body and I want to be able to share that with my clinician. And it's really working and understanding with clinicians to say, okay, what is helpful? How can you really elevate that, that care with insights that you don't have typically? And then beyond that, on an aggregate, how might we make a difference with women's health, which has been underserved and overlooked far too long? Yeah. I'm curious. There are so many data collection options for health, whether it's for women's health or not. I mean, I find it as a clinician, I would love someone to come in with a little 
chart saying, I actually am having 10 hot flashes between these hours each day, or I'm not sleeping because I'm waking up with a hot flash and have that visible on a graph or a chart. So I'm guessing that your app addresses that. But, you know, we've got our aura rings, we've got our Apple watches, we have all kinds of tech devices for our health. I mean, I know yours is distinguished, but how does it fit in? Like how many things can we wear? And just wondering where it fits in. Yeah, well, I mean, what we're doing is different, right? So there are a lot of things that we can buy as an accessory. It just looks cool. And we have people that literally stop me and say, yeah. either they don't notice I'm wearing it and they say, look, as a founder, you really need to wear your products. And I'm like, and then they're like, oh, wait, but you are wearing it. Oh, okay. Because it's designed to be discreet. But ultimately, it's the and the insight. So our clients who we're serving has, there's something about a device that just gets in fun and there's something that that's actually going to give me relief. So it's active and passive. We considered a lot of things and through interviews and such realized that the wrist is very effective. We're looking mm-hmm. at integration. There's a lot of information. So it's integrating with other devices and that's an important route. But at the end of the day, we'll have choices and whether we are pairing things together as a consumer we need, we'll make choices and that's pers- perfectly fine. For some might choose, okay, I choose to track steps and the heart rate and what I'm eating and all that, you know, the different apps. And then there are others that say, okay, this is important. And really what has been overlooked is the menopausal woman. And as Marquia said, it's not just the natural menopause, it's the medical and the surgical, it's the hysterectomies with both ovaries removed. It's, I can go on and on, the cancer patients and such. So to have something that addresses us, Any FDA clearance or involvement in this? We're careful in terms of and working with regulatory experts. So if anything shifts and changes along the way, but it really is what we are claiming, right? So so it's relief and insights. So not necessary, perhaps in the future, we might dig into that more based on other things that we might choose to do. But for now, it's really providing a product that where it's immediate relief and insights on the wrist, just based our understanding of demand, and then expand from there. So I think the hardest question is, how did you decide to call each other by your first names rather than otherwise? Was that a hard, hard thing to do? And it will get off here. She said, all right, mom, what are we having for dinner? Or where are we going? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was. There's a business hat. And yeah. that's part of why this works is really we recognize that there's the mom, daughter, and the co-founders. Yeah. And we really try to have that space. When we're in the workspace, there are certain things. And for Marquia, it was important to say, all right, in a business meeting, I don't want to come in talking about mommy this, mommy that might be. We're fighting hot flashes and whatnot. And then she comes and saying, all right, but mom. So whatever. But lives and whatnot, we flip. It's like my accent, a Jamaican accent. It's totally subconscious. (laughs) We just navigate spaces and places very seamlessly. And I did have one more question before we close. It's been a particularly difficult fundraising environment. Again, we've all looked at the statistics. We've all looked at the statistics for women. We've all looked at the more dire statistics for women of color in terms of fundraising. So you have friends and family, you have Google, have you raised other money? And how has that process been? We have. So we have several VCs, angels, as well as individual accredited investors. And it's been difficult. So Marquia said, oh, you know, you talk to a hundred and blah, 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 and you get several no. We didn't get several no. We got a lot of no's. A lot of no's. <laughs> a lot of no's. But we were able to get a few yeses and it's difficult 
generally for many, especially female founders, but as you may, less than 1% when it comes to funding for, for founders of color or especially Black female founders. It is not easy. But we're determined and passionate and passionate about what we're doing. And that's one of the challenges. So many challenges. It's so complicated. The business is complicated. Devices are complicated. We talked about mothers and daughters. What is a piece of advice that either of you would give to founders who think their situation is complicated for people who have really gone through it? And the story isn't over, but it's certainly on an uphill swing with a lot of momentum. What advice would you give to people who are getting just in the trenches getting frustrated? We are passionate about what we're doing and why we're doing it. And it's one of those things where if you put it all on paper, it seems impossible. Analysis paralysis. So you just got to get started and you have to recognize and believe that you have what it takes. You, you are enough and you can fill with whether it's advisors or contractors or friends or whomever. There anything that you need to fill from a skill set. You can get the accelerators and I can go on and on. Right. So we're non-tech founders and we're building this technology. But were we to start and say, OK, what does it take to be successful? This list would be so long and voluminous that we probably would still be just writing that long list. So you just have to be bold enough to say, I'm going to do it and believe that. So there is a talk about irrational optimism that says, OK, we will do this. It's either going to go over, we're going to go around, we're going to go through, we're going to go under, but we're going to move through each obstacle and be successful. And part of that is passion, the purpose that comes with saying this is so important and that we have to do this. And all the learnings along the way is part of the journey and just keep one foot ahead of the other. Well, we will be watching with wide eyes. Best of luck to you both. And we'll cheer you on. We'll be cheering you on. Maybe I'll call my mom today and see if she wants to start a business. I love it. That's right. Why not? We've inspired several to do that. Then they're like, I bet. Oh, or better yet, maybe my daughter will call me and say, yeah. let's start a business. Yeah, there you go. I love it. <laughs> well, hope to see you both soon. Yeah. Keep up the good work and have Lovely a Lovely to meet you. Thank yes, you nice to meet you. So Thank you so yeah. much. Don't forget, subscribe to our podcast at businessofthev.com for the latest trends and trendsetters in women's health and business. 